What's happening, people? It's Swazi from Kiss Life, and the latest episode is out now. We jumped on a train, headed to Liverpool to talk all things race, identity, and culture. Enjoy. Speaking to you, speaking to you. Your stories, your voice. Kiss Life. And we're good. You're locked into Kiss Life with me, Swazi, the brand new show every Sunday evening from 9 pm here on Kiss. A bit of a gear change. A bit of a swish up to talk about the things that you lot are already talking about in your group chat. So come through and have it on radio. A few weeks ago, we heard from Jesse, who represented Liverpool in our special, which looked at the relationship between the authorities and young black communities. He gave us a sharp insight into the feeling of angst, lack of connection and sense of isolation felt by the black community in Liverpool and how this visibility and sense of togetherness was diminishing rapidly. I think Liverpool itself, it is just it's that history of it's just a it's, it's a racist city and and I personally don't see Liverpool changing much regardless of anything. I don't feel like much is going to change in Liverpool um, and the black people in Liverpool are stubborn as well, you know. So people aren't getting on with people. People don't really support people the way they should do. I think like slowly but surely the community that we did have, give it another 10, 15 years, it probably won't be the same again. It'd be even smaller, you know. You'd be talking on a couple of streets rather than an actual area. So we decided to get on a train and head to Merseyside. We'll be looking at the history, both long ago and recent of the city. And to be honest, I just want to get a vibe, get a feel of Liverpool. But first up, let me grab myself a coffee. Hello everyone, this is your train manager speaking. Welcome aboard this 8.07 Avanti West Coast service to Liverpool Line Street. We'll be calling at Milton Keynes Central, Stafford, Runcorn. Would you drive into Liverpool at 10? Kiss Life, supported by the Audio Content Fund. Hello everyone, we're now arriving at Liverpool Line Street where this train completes its journey. On behalf of the onboard team, thank you for travelling with Avanti West Coast. We do hope to And we have landed. I'm in Liverpool. We've just touched down, just got off the train. Heading out of the station, which to be fair is quite quiet for a Friday morning. But I have never been to Liverpool before. I don't have any relatives as far as I know in Liverpool. I have never been to the city centre, so I'm really excited to meet some people, chop it up about culture and identity. Um, and as I've walked outside, oh my gosh, everything is just big. <laughs> everything is, well, it's like a city centre. You've got the St George's Hall to my right. Um, and I think, if my sources are correct, that the new Batman film has been filmed outside of there. You've got roadworks happening. The city's alive, man. The city's working. Um, but it is a little bit quiet. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go to the docks. I'm excited to talk to some people. And just get the real vibe, the real, the real feel of what Liverpool is saying. Our first stop is to link up with our Jesse, who came onto the show a couple of weeks back to hear from him. Kiss Live. Supported by the Audio Content Fund. So we're in Toxteth. I'm literally standing in front of Berkeley Street sign, yeah. LA. I'm with Jesse. Yeah. We've linked up. We're here now. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, so thank you for your time, really. We've landed. And today's conversation is all about identity and culture. So, yeah, how far do you live from here? Me, I'm five minutes drive. And even though you're five minutes away, what would you say this part of Liverpool, Toxteth, really represents for the black community? This would have been the main estate, this used to be. It's probably not the same now, a bit different, but 
this you could have said this and then Granby would have been yeah. the main places in Toxteth. Yeah. Like the heart of Toxteth. Then you've got Princess Avenue just behind us, which is like the main road, goes straight through the middle. Uh, Toxteth, they're, they're like, that's the main bit. This side, Princess Ave, then the Granby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this I'd say this was this used to be the heart. So this is, this is like old school Toxteth. This is old school Toxteth? <laughs> this Toxton. is the old school. Because in my head, I've got an image of what I thought it would look like. But when I'm looking around, it's mad quiet. The traffic is calm. Like, there's yeah. not that many people, do you know what I mean? So, yes. when you say it used to be like that, what's it like now? People move out. People are just doing other things. But, yeah, it's, it's... Time changes, doesn't it? So, yeah. years ago, it would have been a lot busier. This would have been pumping back in the day. Mm -mm -mm. And am I right in saying that we are in the corner where, when the riots happened... So, the riots originally happened Selborne, but this is... This is one of the main fronts here. So like they, they pushed the police back to here, but then that was it. Like I don't think they got past Parliament Street. Yeah. Because otherwise, after Parliament Street, you're in the city centre then. Mm. And then that, uh, the police weren't having that. And do you feel safe in Liverpool as a black man? Do you feel safe? Um, now I'm older, yeah. Uh, there's, still, there's still places in the city that I feel a bit, not scared, but I feel I'd be, I'd be a bit wary. But generally, I've played a lot of football as well, mixing with North Liverpool and South Liverpool, like a lot of white men that play football. So you, you kind of recognise people and you know people through other people. But there has been times where I would have been like, I'm not going that area, I'm not going that area, I'm not going there. Wow. And like, not because I've got a direct threat to me, but just because it could get sticky. Yeah. But right now, I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable anywhere to go, to be fair. But. Mm -hmm. So in the last conversation that we had, um, you mentioned how the community, the black community in Liverpool was a lot united back then than it is now. So the West Indians may live over here, those from Africa may live over here. So do you think it's still united um, in sense of community, even if it may not be a location? What's the vibe? Um, nah, it's, it's getting less and less. And then you've got a lot of, there's a lot of um, like Arab influence in the area, um, a lot of Somali culture. Somalis generally keep themselves themselves. Mm -hmm. So you've got Eastern Europeans coming into the area as well. So like there's loads of, it's very diverse. So the center like where it used to be like a, a black Caribbean, yeah. African community, there's not that. They used to have clubs. So the Caribbean centers up there, they used to have um, the Nigerian center, which is just around the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. They used to have an Ebo. So you had clubs in the area, like it was, the area was, it had its own sh going on so that's when it was a community yeah. where now it's everyone's st people still know each other and you, you walk down the street you still say hello to people and that but there's not many things we used to have a carnival big floats we used to come from town all the way around this like around the area and, that, and people from all over the country used to come to the carnival we don't even have that no more mm. the way you got the london car it was a big thing <laughs> it's, it's sick of it we have we haven't got that money i've got theirs mm. Birmingham do their thing, Leeds. We well, haven't why? got that. Why haven't you got any more? They just council on funder. Oh, they don't okay. fund it. That's one of the main things that we need to get back is the we need our carnival, but like for our for our identity, for the, the, the black community, we need our thing. Because we just haven't got it. Yeah. And yeah. when it comes to being from Liverpool, yeah. And being black, yeah. do you identify yourself as <laughs> So if I say to you, who are you? What would you first lead with? Because some people are saying, no, I'm a Scouser, first and foremost. And then other guys are like, no, 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 I'm black. So 
yeah, talk to me about identity and your identity. How do you identify yourself? I'm I'm a black man. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm a black man because that's that, that's how they see me. I'm in Liverpool. Liverpool is my city. I'm a scouser. This is my city, yeah. and I love it. But like I say, there's there's man in the city that are gonna call me before they call me a scouser. So that that's me. I'm a black man, mm. and I'm a and then I'm a scouser. I'm a yeah. black scouser. And Liverpool, I guess, has one of the long, probably the longest history of black people being in the UK. Yeah, yeah, it's the oldest, oldest, I think it's the oldest black community in Europe. Yeah, the oldest, um, black, oldest black community in Europe. So talk to me about the relationship between black people and white people in Liverpool, given that it's the oldest community, what's the, what's the vibe? Is, is it, is there anything, is there a vibe at all or is it just norm? Like, yeah, what's going on? It depends, like when I was a kid, you literally go to certain areas and you're getting chased, you're getting caught, all the niggas under the sun. Yeah. Whatever. Now I'm older, it's it's different. Like, I think you kind of grow out of it. People might still have the same feelings towards black people, but it's like, do you want that problem? There's some areas in the city where they might not see black people, mm. only maybe on telly or whatever, or, you know, on the bus or whatever. Like, they don't know black people to yeah. talk to or whatever, so it's different. And then the black stereotypes that we have to deal with. Yeah, so that's what you got to deal with then. So you mentioned North Liverpool and South Liverpool. Yeah. So what is the difference, if there are any, between those two areas? To me, there's, there's no difference. To me, there's no difference. But I mean, South Liverpool, obviously, it's a bit, bit more colourful down here. <laughs> you got talks of wavy tree, Chinatown. Like you, you're gonna find more cultural or more ethnicity in them, them areas. But then you go further south and you. Liverpool, you've got like Speak, Garston, Halewood, places like that, and they again, just, uh, they can be uncomfortable places if you're black, it could, it could get sticky, or, um, and then North Liverpool is, it's just, it's white, it's, it's a white, it's, it's a white, they're, they're like, the the scouts, they're proper scousers, they make me laugh, they're funny, I play football up there, so I played against them for years, and it's, it's tough. My man, me and him played in Croxtuff on some pitch at the back of the estate. There's nothing around, just a pitch and a dead estate. And man looked him dead in his eye. Off on, weren't even playing, looked him dead in his eye and said, shut up you f***. That was it. I was just, I had to just deal with it because they've got 200 other men behind them. And it's like, he could have reacted, it wouldn't have been wise, but I'm saying, yeah. like, that's what you have to deal with. And you just got to, all right, get on with the game. We still got a game to play. And then get in your car and go and then you've got to play them again and again and again. When we think about hotspots around the UK for black culture, we're thinking of the last episode that we did with the uprisings and the riots that kicked off in 81. Brixton, of course, is, is you know, such a, a capital for black people in London. But is it the same for Toxteth? Is the same true of Toxteth? Is it the black centre for, for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, it's the black centre for Liverpool. Like, even if I'm out of Liverpool and someone said, oh, you're your scouse. And then if they know of Toxtuff, they'd be like, oh, you're from Toxtuff. So well, straight assume, away. Are they assuming yeah, they're from... assume. so if, if they know about Liverpool and they know Toxtuff, they'll say, because I'm a black scouse, oh, you're from Toxtuff. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or you can go in the city and people would just assume that. Oh, is he from Toxtuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, you just assume it straight away because this is the predominant black area. But like I say, obviously, as years go by, people move out. Yeah. People have certain politics within the area or whatever and they think I'm moving out to another area can't be yeah. asked with the bus whatever so like people are dotted around but in terms of a community where 
it's it's this is a black community. So I'm only here for a day. I've never been to Liverpool. And because your fresh trim is too fresh. <laughs> say I that need again, to go say to that you. again. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners who's not looking at Jesse right now, I can tell you the fade is on point, so please can we go to your barbers? <laughs> yeah man, we'll roll through, we'll roll through. <laughs> Kiss live. So Jesse's brought me down to High Park. High Park Street. High Park Street. <laughs> Everyone from Liverpool's like, come on, so I'll get it right. <laughs> and we know that um, for black communities, the barbershop is really the hub. It's really where the action happens. This is where, this is the, this is where the magic happens for so. the month on a Friday, ready for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he's hooked you up nice because your, your, your trim is nice. Yeah, well, so I'm yeah, going to well. come in and meet DJ. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? My name is Swazi, we're from KISS. I can let you finish. I don't want to mess up the brother's fade on this one now. Um, but I hear that you are the barber to be knowing, so... Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that that's their decision, isn't it, to make? <laughs> I, don't, I don't blow my own trumpet. Would you say that your barbershop is the hub of black community here in Toxif, in Liverpool? One of them. One of the hubs. How long have you been here? Your vibe is nice. Um, I've only been in this shop for about uh, just over a year. Okay. I was just down the road for about 25 years. Okay, okay. I just want to describe. So, um, oh, you have a wall of fame. That's my old shop in that Wow. 125 Windsor Street, L8. Um, we did an episode two weeks or so ago around the uprisings in 81 that came from Brixton and sparked across the UK. Um, and so, yeah, just wondered if you're conscious of those things that happened in the past as you live here today. Does that does that bear any weight? Does it does it make any difference being a black man in Liverpool? Well, I, I wasn't down these ends in 81. I was down the north end, so what was happening down here, I, it, I, I didn't really, I wasn't involved in that at all or I just never, I wasn't living down here then. My last question is, is Jesse a good tipper? Ooh, no. Only because I questioned him on it last week. They probably tip the barmaid when they go out drinking more than they tip their barber. No comment. <laughs> no comment. DJ, thank you so much for your time. It's a real joy to meet you. Um, yeah, all the best. All the best, brother. <laughs> Kiss life. That was so good speaking to your barber, DJ, <laughs> man like. Um, and yeah, barbershops everywhere really do shine and yeah, highlight the importance of the black community wherever you go. Um, so thank you so much for your time. So we're going to go and have a look elsewhere around Liverpool and Toxteth to kind of get the, um, the vibe and the feel of the black community here. But thank you very much for being our Liverpool correspondent. <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. Kiss Life, supported by the Audio Content Fund. Um, so we've left Jesse's team, we've left the barbershop, so we went to DJ's as well, if you're ever in that spot. Um, and now I'm in Sefton Park, which I hear is bigger than Hyde Park in London. It's the biggest, well, one of the biggest parks um, in Europe. And I'm joined with Lawrence from the National Museum's Liverpool and uh, an historian in residence. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, let me know, what do you do in a nutshell? Because I've been talking to you off camera, so you do loads, but what would you do on a day-to-day? 
I do research basically. I'm looking into the history of black people and the experiences of our people in this country. Yeah. There's not enough people who are really researching the history of black people in Britain as opposed to other places. So I very much see that as my role in my everyday job is to find out as much as possible about how black people have contributed to the development of this country yeah. in a myriad of different ways. Mm. And for people who are listening and would be familiar with this park, we are standing opposite the sign that says Sefton Park. We're in between number 14, you said, and also the tennis court. So why is this particular space in Liverpool um, not only historic, but valuable to history? Well, for me, it's very important because it just highlights how the history of black people has helped to develop this this city. Yeah. You know, Olinda, that number 14, Egbeth Drive, the house is a beautiful house and it's named after a city in Brazil where the merchants who built, built that house made lots of their money. This was a city that was shaped by African people and it's something that has really been forgotten about in this city and further afield. The, the tennis club is even more interesting because that was established as the Mersey Bowman Archery Club in 1781 and this was by, set up by Liverpool's slave trading elite. Liverpool was shaped by the slave trade throughout the 18th and into the 19th century and off the back of that they established lots of very important cultural, civic and sporting institutions and that, that, that uh, tennis club is still going to this day. No longer does archery, it's moved over to tennis but it is a direct link to Liverpool's involvement in the slave trade. Yeah, and, and you were speaking about doing all of this work off your own back it's not as though someone's come to you and said can we go on some walks please so tell us a little bit about your walks how they started and who comes like just Liverpool or wider yeah who do you get on your walks well the start the, the walk started because I'm just very interested in my own family history my family have been in Liverpool for more than 200 years wow. I descend from an enslaved person who came from Barbados and so that very much inspired me to find out more about this city and it's come to the point where I think that no city owes a greater debt to people of African descent than Liverpool does. Liverpool was shaped by the slave trade unlike London and Bristol which were already cities during the medieval period and right back to the Roman period but Liverpool was a tiny little place until we got involved with uh, African people, well both Africans in Africa and then Africans in the Caribbean. So for me this is a very important place, it's very important for me to kind of honour my ancestors because my grandmother was a great, great influence on me and uh, that's my kind of my way of giving back to the community is to tell people about our history and how we've helped to shape this country as I say I don't feel that black people should feel like they, they, you know they're foreigners to this place because black people again whether they're in Africa or whether they're in the Caribbean so much wealth came back to this country from there so much wealth and that's off the back of the toil of enslaved people in one place or Africans in Africa and that's something that we don't really uh, realize and we certainly aren't willing to acknowledge it in the way that we should doing the walks is my way of kind of highlighting that history and for people who may say it's too traumatic it's too heavy and then to live in the place to do the walk and then have to go home and see the walk from your window or so how do you say to someone who may just find it too um it's too much what would you say to that person to say no come along it's good for you to come along and see but also i hear you yes it must be heavy listening and walking around and seeing yeah where your history started I just think that we've got to accept and acknowledge our past. I don't really, uh, I don't even subscribe to the, the, the argument, oh, this is too tough. That's the history of black people. If your ancestors could go through slavery and survive and you're here today and you're saying you can't bother to hear about their story because it's too traumatic. Come on, man, that's not how you honor the ancestors. So I don't make any apologies for that. Yeah, this is a tough story, but it's a story of resistance. It's a story of being able to subvert and... Uh, do things against the odds and you know when we go and watch a movie we all love the idea that the person the underdog wins we've done that yeah. through generations you know and for me 
That's why I'm very proud of my ancestry because they were able to survive and thrive in many cases, no matter what the odds were stacked against them. And I struggle with the idea that's a difficult story for us, us to listen to. Jewish people, you know, they, 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 they ensure that their people remember the Shoah, the Holocaust. We should be doing the same, you know, and until we do acknowledge it properly, and cherish this history. I don't think the ancestors will bless us the way that they would if we did. I've never been to Liverpool, so wow. I don't. In, I didn't have any expectation of Liverpool. All I knew was that. Am I right in saying that this is the the city with the longest history for black people? So to zoom in then on Liverpool, do you as a black man feel safe in this city? Do you? What do you feel? Find is the relationship between yeah black people and living in Liverpool? I think that we've shaped much of the history of this city, so I feel safe in the areas that I occupied, that I lived in. But if you go outside of them, you know, there's still lots of you know racism in this city. Definitely, Liverpool's a lot like an American city in the south. You know, it's like a Charleston, South Carolina. You know, there's one side across the tracks they say in the states, isn't it? So on one side you're cool, on the other side it's like get out of town before sundown. It's that very much that vibe still in this city, even though it's got this long history of black presence. Black people have only really occupied one or two areas in the history of the city and never have we really moved out of that. Things are starting to change now but um, it's been slow and I still feel that there's certain areas of the city where black people shouldn't or won't feel safe. And on your walks is there a moment that captures the attention of, of anyone who comes? Is there a moment where people either gasp or people say no way like what is there a moment on your walk that really just captures people yeah when we go to the graveyard where many enslaved people were buried you know so many people didn't even realize that enslaved people were here in liverpool back in the 18th century so when i take them there or when i show them places where enslaved people were sold you know enslaved people were sold on the streets of liverpool and when i take them to those types of locations those very sacred spaces yeah you, i get a lot of uh, interesting responses you know and it's, it's cathartic, you know, but for me, it's really important because it helps black people to understand we belong here. You know, we have been here since Liverpool was a tiny little place. The, the first enslaved person buried in Liverpool was buried at a time when the city had less than 10,000 people. So you tell me, what does a quintessential Scouser look like? If there's been a black presence from that day, how can you tell me what a quintessential Scouser looks like? I'm as Scouser as anybody else. This is a city of immigrants. So when you meet someone for the first time, how do you introduce yourself in terms of identity and culture? Oh, I'm black. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm black, black to the bone. You know, my history is a history of resistance where there was miscegenation, if that's when you call, want to call it, rape, whatsoever, you know, other, other terrible things went on. And I, that's something that I acknowledge. But when I talk about my cultural background, my mum and my, and my grandmom and, you know, the other members of my family, everyone's black. So I'm black and that's that. Yeah, and it feels as though the black people I've met from Liverpool are very proud to be from Liverpool. Why do you think that pride exists? Because it's the resistance, you know, it's, we've been here and we, you know, we've fought a lot of the battles first in many cases. You know, there was race riots in Liverpool in 1919, there was race riots in Liverpool in 1948, there was the uprisings in 1981, you know, so we have always been at the vanguard. You know, Paul Gilroy, the great esteemed, you know, academic Paul Gilroy, he said to me, Back in the 70s, we used to look to Liverpool because you were the most militant and most uncompromising black community in the country. And I very much cherish that heritage. And that's something that I want other people to understand and to know about. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the vibe coming off of 81 and we just did an episode around the Brixton riots and how it spilled out across the UK. 
do you find that that same fire in belly moment is alive in Liverpool? Do people still have that resistance, still have that sort of energy to to push back? Not in the same way. All women are very, very proactive, very, but not so much the men. And that's something that I really struggle with. You know, men were at the vanguard of the, of the movements back in those days. But for whatever reason, we've kind of put the baton down. And the sisters have kept hold of it, man. The sisters have been doing it from day one and they continue to do it. You know, without the, the, without the black matriarchs of our community, maybe our community wouldn't exist, you know, even to this day. Most of the black organisations that survive in Liverpool AIDS, they're all run by women. And, and thank God, you know, because they have ensured that our community has stayed together. Yeah. So when it comes to history and education and looking forward, what would you like to see change? What would, you, what would be real progress in your eyes? Well, I would hope that our younger generations would understand their history, cherish it and use it to inspire them to, to go forward in the future. Like I said, the black community in Liverpool is, is diverse, you know, and we've achieved a lot. Some of the, you know, some of the most important people in, the, in black history have come from Liverpool, but not enough of our young people understand that. And that would be something that I would see as a very realistic goal to kind of teach more of our young people about this, get them to cherish that history and for them then to pick up the baton and use that history to motivate them to make change. I'm an academic activist and I'd love to see more academic activists. Um, so let us know, how can we get involved? How can we find you and jump on one of your walks? Okay, we have a Facebook group called Liverpool and Slavery. You can join that group and then we advertise all of our walks in Eventbrite. Um, you can go on and book. The, the walks are free, but if you want to leave a donation because we're, we're um, raising money to establish the Liverpool Enslaved Memorial, which will raise a monument to the enslaved people who were buried in Liverpool but were buried without a marker, so their graves are unmarked. And so we think that this is a really good thing to put the, any monies that come into the walks into. Kiss Life. Many thanks to Lawrence joining me there on Kiss Life. I'm Swazi. You're locked into a brand new episode, and this is the brand new show to Kiss. Kind of switching things up, and today I'm out the studio, I'm out the office, I'm in Liverpool, and it's been a good day so far. I'm currently in Sefton Park, taking a little walk around. But today's conversation is all about culture and identity. And coming up next, I'm sitting down with three people, three different people of colour to be talking about these big themes, culture and identity, but what those things mean in this city in particular. You're listening to Kiss Live. I'm joined by three incredible people who all know each other. <laughs> and just to set the scene, I'm in Toxteth, I'm in Liverpool for the first time ever, ever. Um, and I'm in a new centre, but I think everyone's in a new centre because you lot are like, I've walked past this place, but I don't know what it was. So we are sitting in the Kumba Amani Centre in L8. Anyone listening? Gang, gang, gang. L8, <laughs> Toxta. Um, I'm joined by Anthony, Kalade and Malika. And today we're talking about culture and identity. Um, and yeah, what it means to be here and in the centre of Liverpool. Just young people talking about these issues. Um, so I'm excited, I'm excited. Let me kick it off with Malika, the other lady around the table with me. Um, let us know who you are, sis. What do you do? What do you get up to? Yeah, so my name is Malika aganu Roby. I am a social worker by practice and profession. I am heavily involved in community activism, lots of community projects. And yeah, that's me. Basically. And you're friends with Jesse. I am. I'm Jesse. Just because that's a Jesse, you know, he sparked this episode because yeah. two weeks or a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about the relationship between black people in Liverpool and yeah. that before it was much more united. Now um, it doesn't feel so much so. So we thought, let me book the train ticket, man. Let me come down and see what young people are actually saying in this city. So yeah. shouts to Jesse, you are. Jesse yeah, <laughs> inspo, inspo vibes. Um, Kalade, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for um, having me. Let us know who you are, what do you do? My name is Kalade. 
I am 21 years old. I am a dancer, actor. I study acting at Lippa. Um, I'm a creative. I recently started film photography as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a black queer person and I stand for anything that's anyone who's black, queer or a woman. Oh, nice. <laughs> I need to add to your bio because apparently Anthony over here saw you um, commanding 2,000 people. This is what I've heard. Yes. This is hot off the press. Yes. So, Anthony, can That's you please serious. give me a, an additional <laughs> bio for Kalade, but also introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, my name's Anthony Wilde. I am a photographer and study of social science in Liverpool Community College. And to be fair, I've just been documenting over the past few years, like the relationship, uh, young people, artists, music within the city of Liverpool. Mm. Yeah. And what was the story? How did you guys meet? Well, I seen Collade speaking at, uh, it was a BLM uh, protest at St. George's Hall last year. Mm -hmm. And yeah, on a, honestly, it's something I've, it, a lot of opportunities came from then, but I've also met a lot of great individuals like Collade <laughs> and many more. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and just to get all of your perspectives, actually, because that would be interesting talking about BLM in another city that's not London. So I'm from London and I know already that the, the protests were... Everywhere, there was nowhere you could go where you were not talking about that. But what was the vibe like at that time um, around, yeah, Black Lives Matter and, and how did the young people or any kind of person really um, engage with the movements? Had any of you ever been part of that in your city? Malika, let me come to you. What, was that the first time you'd ever seen your city come together like that? Did you think that black people across the city were the most united in that moment? Yes, definitely. I'd agree that we were most united in that moment, definitely. I think in particular, the protest that we went to with Collade was definitely leading on, but also within our Liverpool 8 community, it was kind of a union between the elders and the younger youngsters. So we had um, two of our community elders, Buster and Kerry, they started the protest just the bottom of this road, Princess Boulevard, um, where Buster decided to take a knee because of what had happened with George Floyd. Um, and slowly, as the days went on, people were gathering, people were joining and taking a knee, um, elders, youngers. And it gave me a sense of pride that we could all stand together again because Toxov's got such a militant history. And historically, we were always so together, so vibrant, and we really always stood for no shit really yeah especially when it comes to black people respect and social justice so to see that happen in my lifetime because i've only ever had the stories from my parents grandparents etc um it was powerful definitely powerful and it was powerful for me to be able to take my little brother to stand and protest for what we believe in and what was right so definitely yeah. important and then an additional protest to what collage leaders on we had another organized black lives matter march um which was absolutely outstanding to see that I felt like the whole city come out in force for that one. Black people and I allies together and it was just incredible, incredible. Yeah. It was, it was powerful. And you know what, that's what really has stood out to me being in Liverpool. Um, having spoken to not only you guys, but all of the guests that we've had for this episode, Liverpool is a city that has a lot of angst. It has a lot of like, I'm not taking no nonsense. Mm -hmm. And even coming here knowing that people can hand dock their generations to 10 generations back this yeah. is the oldest black community it's mind-blowing right so with that and then arts and expression um anthony how did those two worlds come together because i guess that liverpool has a lot of love for creatives and that can be seen all across the city i definitely think there's been a a reaffirming of like the historic element and like the creative side. Mm. People really taking charge now and really, really feeling that this is our scene, our culture. 
it's decided by us, we're going to dictate it. There's no more having to ask for permission and kind of cater to the wider narrative of the Liverpool city centre, which has been coexisting for such a long time and excluded many, many different art forms, especially of the black community. Mm. So now I feel like we're in a position where for what for for such a long time we haven't really been visible like Malika I've only met Malika in the last 18 months Mm -hmm. but to show there's so many similarities between ourselves and our communities Kalade as well you can see how fragmented it has been for so long Mm -hmm. so now I feel like the whole creative scene it's nice to be able to see one another and really be backing each other as Mm -hmm. opposed to going to some I don't know, existential type of art and feeling like, well, I must support that. And even that falls into identity, you know what I mean? And and that is pretty big. So when I've come to Liverpool and hearing people um, share how they identify themselves, they would definitely put Scouse in the mix. It's like, yeah, I'm a Scouser. 100%. So talk to me about (laughs) that because how do you identify yourself? If someone says, who are you? What's the first thing you say? We're black Scousers. First and foremost, we're black Scousers. And some of my family members would even say the black Nigerians. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scouse Nigerians. Um, I just feel like being Scouse is so unique in itself. I feel like our experience, our lived experience of being in the North is so unique. Um, I think just some of the trials that we've had as a city is so unique and the way we've had to come together as a city and in in historically is so unique. And then throwing your identity of being black in there again adds a whole other barrier that you've had to overcome. Um, and it builds a different type of resilience. So, when I, so for example, I always use when I go abroad, if I'm outside of this country and someone asks, where are you from? First and foremost, I'm like, I'm from Liverpool. People always know where Liverpool is. People are like, oh, Stephen Gerrard or the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, that Liverpool, but you know, talks of LA Liverpool as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the same time. The postcode is in there. Yeah, always, always. Um, so yeah, I definitely identify as a black scouser everywhere I go. Mm. Never not indifferent. Well, talk to me about yourself, because you've come to Liverpool now. So yeah. are you taking on this scouse identity? Oh, honorary scouser. Yes, yes. I, I like to call myself an honorary scouser now. <laughs> I think... Identity is such a big thing for me because I was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. I lived there for six years. Wow. I lived in central London for a year. We moved out to Hertfordshire. Then I went to boarding school in Essex for most of my schooling, school life. Mm. And then I was in London again for a year for university. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And so identity for me is, is basically where I feel home. And I do feel home here. I've been home, back home to London, maybe two months in the last year, over a year in total. So I'm here a lot. I, I don't, but I don't just study here. I don't even call myself a student mm. as much anymore. I'm only second year, but I don't really call myself a student because I do so much outside of uni. I'm so much more than a student. I'm so much more than just an academic person. That's not why I am. I, I'm a creative. I love the community here in LA that I've made. I've had talks at the Afro-Caribbean Society Centre. Mm-hmm. And I think... Being an honorary scouser is so important to me and it's so nice, but it's such a different perspective. I see how very much like, you can't just come into Liverpool and be like, yeah, I'm a scouser and I know know Liverpool. No, you have to actually be a part of the culture and a part of the the community Mm -hmm. and embrace the community before you actually can be an honorary scouser. Like you have to understand the heritage of the black experience, one of the black experiences that you can have in toxic mm-hmm, community definitely. and there's so many there's so many different people from different cultures in this city in yeah. this particular community itself that's so small 
And I think it's so important that when you're coming into a community like that, especially coming from somewhere like London, it's a complete change. Mm. And I think people here in LA are so much more proud mm. because for a lot of them, it goes back to their great, 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 great grandparents. Like, this is all they've known. This is this is their heritage. This yeah. is their life. Literally the 10 generations that you were speaking yeah. about. So like mm. with talk stuff, even being so close to the docks, you know, everything about that is it's not by accident. No. And we've kind of settled here. Yeah, I am very persistent in staying in Liverpool 8, if possible. Um, I mean, I've, I've moved out to my family home about five, six years ago, and I struggle to stay in Liverpool 8 because of gentrification, and it's attractive, and it's a beautiful place to live. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very confident and... and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely clear that I want to remain in this community. Yeah, and I want to pick up on your point about home. Mm. You you said something around um, it's where I feel like home is, mm. and given you've been jumping, 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 and now <laughs> you feel like okay, this is home. Yeah. So I'm going to come back to this this notion of home, but I just want to know from all of you guys what what makes Liverpool unique in the Black identity. Do you know what? what, what it, yeah, okay, history, generations worth. Um, but when you say there's just something different about us. What it, what sets you apart? What separates you out from that? So I don't know if I can start with you, Anthony, first. And talk about Kirby as well, because you were talking about where you live. <laughs> and I would love to know, geographically, does that make a difference? Well, if I'm talking about Kirby to begin with, it is, you specifically, there's not many black. There's not much of a rich black community in Kirby. But in Liverpool, in the city centre and like the wider regions, it's a developing area. And I feel like there's a lot of community where now, if you're trying to like define like the black experience, it's like I'm aware of other communities existing. Unlike before, I was only ever aware of Kirby and that was always it. And I always felt like, oh, there's only maybe two families that you're aware of. It's completely different now within the creative scene, especially, and the things I've been able to document with different families and other different opinions and people even coming through musically, artistically. There's a different feel in the air as it was previously. Yes. What, what defines home? Like, what is that fabric? How do you define home? For me, it's a big part of knowing where we've come from to be able to claim this as our home. So. Although this building's particularly new, if you look around us, all the buildings on this boulevard were probably contributed towards slavery. There used to be a statue commemorating a slave trade owner just on the boulevard here until um, some of our elders, some of my uncles, pulled it down, I think in 81. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people can look around the city and see all of this contribution that the slave traders had to the city. And when you look at what our ancestors have actually put into somewhere, this is home for me it, in terms of it's a, a, a bitter story and it's horrible and obviously the experiences that they had, let it not be in vain, let it know that you know they've contributed to this and now we can take ownership of this and be like, look what our people actually built, contributed to, physically built up this city and just knowing of all the struggles that our families and our elders have had to overcome in this city to me just makes it all more important that we do stay deep-rooted in our community and I completely hear what Anthony's saying though in terms of he felt like when he was in Kirby, which is quite a while away from here, um, there was a smaller black yeah. community. And I hear that as well, especially in profession. I see that there is other black communities out there, but they are a lot smaller. 
Um, so it'd be hard to try and pinpoint exactly what the Black Scouse identity is because I suppose it's so different from everyone's perspective, even at the fact of we've got the Ebo Centre here, we've got the Caribbean Centre up the road, we had the Sierra Leone Club, the Nigerian Centre's over there. Um, God, we had, I think, 12 clubs on Princess Boulevard back in the day for specifically for Black-owned people to go and party and celebrate their culture. Um, so I don't know how you could kind of pinpoint what the identity of a black scouser is because it's such a melting pot mm. and within that you've got all of our white grandmothers our white grandfathers white mothers white fathers kind of ingrained in that so i don't think it's necessarily the same today yeah. but back in the day so when my in the 70s for example when my nan was obviously married to a black man had black children had black best friends when it comes to stuff like police brutality, she wa- it wasn't like, leave the white girl alone and, and just focus on these. It was like, you're from Toxteth, so you're black. Yeah. That's how, that was the perception back then. Mm. So I think it'd be hard to pinpoint exactly what a Scouse black identity is. But I think the part of us all sharing each other's culture and it's here for us all to enjoy it and it's like a melting pot. That, that's the beauty yeah, of, that's of black Scouse identity. And off the back of that outsider, insider, conversation what do you feel like the city center know of you or see Toxteth as what do you think their version of you guys is like i personally think a lot of people especially that i go to uni with they think it's the ghetto they think and really? that, yeah and i think it's so and i remember it was only maybe a couple of weeks ago where for example when when, when you're in first year you tend to live really close to the city center mm-hmm. near um cathedral campus near the cathedral then i started to live i decided to move to Toxteth, and then a few other people moved to Toxteth and someone said, oh yeah, they live by the, you know, the more scary places. I was like, the where, sorry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scary I had places. this conversation right. today. And I, I was just, I was so confused. Today. I was like, I don't know what Toxteth you've been to because <laughs> I live in Toxteth and I'm fine. Yeah. I get my plantain from around the corner. <laughs> I go to the Rialto. Like I get my Scotch bonnets. Like I'm, I was very, I was, and I was generally so confused because like, I have never felt scared in Toxteth. I was so, I was so like, wow, and I know this might sound bad, but I was like, wow, you're really white. That's yeah. what I remember thinking. I was thinking, you're really white. Like, yeah. you, you, just, you just don't think. And it, and it, it almost infuriated me, because I was like, if you just really spent two minutes to talk to the people of the community, or if you asked to like, just ask me, it's just, if you just take two seconds yeah. Yeah. to actually explore an area, you realise it's not as scary as you might think. And that also comes from implicit bias. You're scared of black people because of what you see on the media and exactly. on social media mm. and exactly. black scousers and all this stuff. So therefore you believe that they're scary when in actual fact we're really not. Exactly. And I think that's so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I literally had a conversation similar today. So I know somebody from Essex who wants to buy a house in Liverpool. They've been searching for a long time. They found a house in Liverpool 8. I was like, yeah, Toxteth. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, I've heard that Toxteth is full of gangsters. So I was like, so do me and my nan look like gangsters? Right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, come on, it's full of gangsters. Like this house is 15 minutes from where I live. So I was like, honestly, I was like, it's kind of borderline insulting. Really? I was like, you know, I understand we do have a very militant, um, persona about us I suppose and people from outside of the city or outside of the community may view us based on historical events um, but as Colade says if you actually kind of lift up your roast into glasses for a second and actually look at the community mm-hmm. you'll see how much of a, a blended community as I say you know we've got 
not all of us have got both black parents in mm. this community. It's not like just, oh, there's loads of scary black people over here. Why do you actually feel afraid or scared or intimidated by this area? Is it because of your perception of black people? Mm. So then do you therefore have underlying racist views? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it because you've been tinted by media from how many years ago? Have you personally ha had a bad experience? Do you know anybody? Most of the times it's no. So it's just a preconceived idea. And then when people actually come and look at how beautiful the houses are here, everyone's like, oh, that house is gorgeous. I wouldn't mind right. living there. But mm -hmm. then equally we get like developers and organizations who see how beautiful the buildings are in Toxif compared to other areas in the mm -hmm. city. And then this is where the gentrification comes. Okay. And that's the only time I feel like people from, I'll call them from city centre, as we refer to them in the initial question, would then kind of give Toxtuff a second look in terms of, oh, it's a bit attractive for me now, where beforehand they wasn't interested, so they can stay over there. Yeah. We're mm. happy over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in terms of the mixed race community in Liverpool, um, do the numbers and do the growth of the mixed race community change perceptions in Liverpool? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. In my experience, no. And I have this conversation a lot with my London friends because, so growing up in Liverpool as a mixed race woman, but I don't necessarily identify as mixed race. I've always identified as a black woman. Right. Growing up in Liverpool, if anyone's ever has had to identify me or put me in a box, it's always been that I was a black child. I was a black teenager. And then I went to London for seven weeks. And I don't know if you remember Trocadero's, but I was in Trocadero's and a girl come up to me and was like, oh, I love your machino jacket. I was like, thank you. She says, what, what are you? I was like, I'm from Liverpool. She was like, no, but what are you? I was like, oh, I'm black. And she was like, no, really, what are you? And I was like, I'm black. And she was like, well, what are you mixed with? And I was like, what am I mixed? I was, like, I was honestly confused by the question. And because both my parents are mixed race, I don't have a white parent. Mm. So I went back to my mum and dad who are both mixed race and both identify as black and was like, a girl in London asked me what am I mixed with? <laughs> and obviously my two white grandmothers are absolute pillars in my life. And I was like, I, I never kind of perceived them to be different in a sense, or that I was also kind of gonna be segregated in a box. So I feel like when you're in the Northwest, mm. Manchester, Liverpool, mixed race people identify as black, mostly not all of them, a lot of people do. Obviously it's very personal, isn't it, mm. how you identify. But a lot of people that I know in the Northwest identify as black. When you get kind of by like Birmingham, the Midlands, <laughs> and, you're, and you're out here saying, yeah, I'm black, people are like, you're not. And that's the first time I've ever been kind of queried on what I identify as. And it's the first time that I've ever experienced mixed race people or light skinned people mm. not being called or accepted as black because in my family of Nigerian and Caribbean, the, the Caribbean looks completely different. No one where we're from looks the same. And similar to Nigeria as well, where we're from, you know, there's not kind of one image of an Igbo person. Mm -hmm. So, I, I was so confused that when people was kind of saying, you're not black. And I was like, yes, I am. Because <laughs> I'm not about to further myself from the black experience mm. or from my culture, just because you don't want to accept me for whatever reason that is. That's your business and yeah. mm. keep that over there. But do you find that the next generation of young black people, young youngsters um, are as passionate as we are about these topics? And if not, whose responsibility is that? <sighs> see, I think, see, I'm, I'm quite young. See, I, I feel like I sometimes fall under that category of being a younger person in the sense that I have taken upon myself to, for example, I went to a predominantly white school. I was the one, one of six people in my class, in my year, sorry. And in the whole entire school, I think it was one of like maybe 
12, if that. So, and we didn't have any curriculum on black education, black ancestry, slavery, nothing, unless you did A-level history and I wasn't doing that, I'm a creative, I wasn't gonna do that. So I had to do it off my own back. Mm. And what my parents taught me, the, the talk that we all have as a black child, that's where my learning came from, my education come from as a black person. My experiences, what I saw, what I heard, my friends who were also black, my sister who's a black woman, in that same environment as me, who had a completely different experience. As a black queer person, I had a different experience. That's how I learned. That's how I educated myself. That's how I saw visibly the reality of what was going on. Mm. And then my white counterparts, completely silent. They didn't feel the need to do anything. Mm. And that's how there's a shift. We feel like we have to do something as black youngsters because we actually go through it. We actually are enduring the pain and the suffering, we are the ones who are, as black people, in fact, not even just youngsters, as black people, we are the people who reap the consequences. We are the ones who are victims, right? Whereas the white count, our white counterparts don't necessarily view it as a problem or an issue sometimes. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they don't feel like they have anything to learn. And that's why I decided to do more learning, especially last year, because I felt, okay, like Anthony said, for a lot of white people, I was the closest thing they had to a black friend, a black confidant. I was their... Their, their lens. Their lens, yeah, mm. I, exactly that. I was the closest thing they had to understanding a black experience. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it was very... It was all they knew about a black person was me and my sister and a few mm. other people. But therefore, I felt the need to educate them. Hi, babes, mm. darling. I'm not the only black person in this world. My experience <laughs> isn't the only experience. In fact, my experience was very, very difficult as a black person, as a black gay person, but my experience is, my, my, mine could be seen as one of the easy ones. There's, I've never been physically abused or for my race or my sexuality, thank God, but there are, there are people who have, and you need to understand that, I need to know that. And not only is it not happened to me, but it's happened to people that are close to me. So it's, it's very reachable for you, my love. And you need to understand that, yeah. that what you made me go through during school yeah. was very, very real and very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to educating and learning, of course, I believe as human beings, we should all do our part mm -hmm. for ourselves. You don't want to go to a room and not understand what someone else is going through just because you didn't want to do the work mm -hmm. or you didn't, want to, you didn't want to learn. I think that's so ignorant for me personally. I love to know where I'm going. I love to know what people are from. I love to know, like for example, I didn't know about Israel and Palestine upon a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. That's very, that's someone's, that's someone's reality. And that's important for me to know. Like I was in a room and I made myself look like an idiot just because I wasn't aware of the situation. Mm. And that's why I feel the issue is at the moment, a lot of white people aren't doing that work. And that's my issue at the moment. If you really want to see change, be the change first. If you really, really want there to be an average change, it's if every single person does their job by just researching and just understanding other people's experiences as human beings, and especially people who have it harder than them, like black people, then it becomes easier to be in a room. It makes it less awkward for you to be in that room because then you understand that person's experience. Mm. You know what is a topic that's too hard to discuss, a topic that's off limits, a topic that's maybe not for you. Yeah. You are able to navigate yourself in a room yeah. properly. And have something to say. Exactly, yeah. and have something to say with substance. Mm -hmm. yeah. And have something to say that, you know, when someone looks at you, they can say, you know what, you're, you're a good person. Mm -hmm. You understand, mm -hmm. you, can, you, can see, you, see, you see me. Mm -hmm. You don't just 
hear me, but you actually visibly see me and you understand me, you see my skin, that's when we can see proper change. But essentially, education starts with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think education does start with yourself, but I feel like I have some type of moral responsibility to make sure that I do lend my big mouth mm. to the youngers coming up uh, above me and to make sure that there are safe spaces created for the conversation, such as even today. Oh, I feel like in Liverpool, even being perceived as mixed race or light-skinned or however you identify, um, you're, you're still black enough to feel racism, hatred, segregation, to go into your workplace and nobody's going to look like you, go into city centre shopping and nobody's going to look like you. So I feel like that environment for our young coming up black people will spark something in them naturally for that conversation to start happening, even if it doesn't happen at home. And I think naturally they'll gravitate to the right groups, or at least I would hope that would happen anyway. And I hope that, again, going back to this responsibility, I feel like I have, it's about that we create them platforms so that like kind of when we have either moved away from the current job we're in or current project we're involved in, that space still remains. Mm -hmm. And so the youngsters coming up underneath us won't lose that passion and that importance. And again, it goes full circle back to the historical because one day, did I say what we're talking about today will be historical. (laughs) That's it as well. I think being able to, I think it's important what Malika's saying. I feel also there's a moral responsibility there. And what I do outside of this building is important to other people of the black community. Yeah. Really is important to where if I'm creating something, whatever it may be, I want to make sure that it's representative yes. yeah. of us. Yeah. Right. And make it really to be substantial in terms of moving things forward. I don't want to make something which is quite diluted and just... Yeah. Just... Temperamental. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I really want yeah. to be leaving uh, leaving something where people can definitely put their own into it mm, yeah, yeah d- also again it's a such a complex existence yeah. what we're in even now even we're transitioning at the minute there's mm. a lot of things which have came over the last 18 months mm. like if I go back when Kalade when we went to that protest mm. First time ever I had seen that rich of a gathering of the black community mm-hmm. in Liverpool. And I remember speaking to a number of people there and it was like, like there's faces that I'd never seen in Liverpool before yeah. ever, which was quite, for me, it was something, it, I learned so much from that experience that I just thought, wow, I need to be doing more yeah. actively. Yeah. And yeah. I think within people who we know, the venues, even attitudes in the venues which are changing, the music scene right now, Mm. is by far like one of the best in the country. The amount of yeah. artists that are coming up right now, because with all the negative connotations which is being put in these areas mm. from the parliament, the state, the news, the media, right now there's the force where people are like really addressing the matters and it's like matters within the community, yeah. matters which have just been ignored yeah. and matters for the real representation and the real stories which need to yeah. be... They're going to really push through. Yeah. And I think yeah. the positive change really will come from um, all the work that you guys are doing anyway, but conversations like this. Yeah. So this is definitely one for the archives. Yes. Thank you so much. I don't want this so to feel much. alien as well. Sorry to <laughs> interrupt. You know, for someone who doesn't know, it's like, again, it's like people from the white community. This isn't a conversation which is, 
you know, oh no, I need to be careful. What it's, it's mm. like, well, wait, you're here to learn. Yeah. This is education. Can't this is, yeah, yeah. Safe you know, spaces. exactly. Yeah. And it's like, we're not scary people. Yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not unscary. We're, we've had to endure what's scary. Mm. We're trying to move forward with yeah. what you should be doing beside us. Yeah, and I, I really think it's <laughs> for others as well to to be part of yeah and i think that kind of echoes back nicely to what malika mm. was saying in a sense it seems really progressive here you lot are saying yeah. come join man come mm. pull up a seat and let's yeah. go thank you so so much to everyone though you guys have just helped me to unpack liverpool in about 40 minutes in a way that i've just <laughs> never been able to see before so malika kalade and anthony thank you so much for your time one last question i've got to have dinner in liverpool where am i going oh Dinner in Liverpool, you'll have to go to either Ray Ray's Caribbean yeah. Park Road or Ballaby's Lodgely. Yeah, I was going to say Ray Ray's too. I would say Ray Ray's. Okay, Ray Ray's, if you're listening to us, we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> Get ready. Thank you so much, guys. We'll catch Thank up very you. soon. Very Thank, you. Thank you. Very Thank you very much. And there we have it. What an incredible conversation tonight. Thank you to so many of my special guests who linked up with me in Liverpool. I am in another city this evening talking up culture and identity and I have to say I had no idea, I had no expectations of what to find, what to hear in Liverpool but coming away from all of my special guests and the conversation, I really understand the history behind Toxturf, I really understand what it means to be black in Liverpool. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you to everyone who got involved. Shout me on the socials at KissFMUK. If you're listening in from Liverpool and want to get involved, Hit us up on the socials, please. It'd be lovely to hear from you. But that's it from me tonight. I'm off to get some food. Shouts goes out to Ray Ray. But until then, you got Rue Kid coming in next. Thanks for listening to Kiss Life. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. Catch you next week.